This program is brought to you by Training Tilt. Training Tilt is a complete toolkit for coaches, health and fitness professionals, and nutritionists. Combine your website, e-commerce needs, client communications, and training plans into a single affordable platform. For more information, please go to www.lisatamati.co.nz forward slash training tilt. Welcome, Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the podcast that gets deep into the psyche of extraordinary achievers across all genres, cutting to the chase to unlock the secrets of their success, their achievement, philosophies, and motivations. Join us in the quest to find out what makes the movers and shakers of our world tick and what gems of wisdom we can learn from them. Well, hi everybody, it's Lisa Tamati here, and today I've got a really special man on Skype with me who is in Wellington, Mr. Gary Moller. Gary, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lisa. Now, Gary, you have been my trusted guru for a while now. Uh, Gary is a functional nutrition consultant and hair and tissue uh, mineral analysis consultant, among a plethora of other things. Gary, can you give us a little bit of a background on yourself and... Um, we know that you're the, the brother of the famous Lorraine Moller, um, who's a legend in this country, and you're an absolute legend yourself as a mountain biker, um, and you're quite a man, Gary. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself and, and your, your profession at the moment. Well, I'll try to be very brief. Uh, I started uh, competitive athletics running uh, when I was 14 years of age. And I have basically never stopped. I've either been running, cycling, paddling, a kayak furiously, uh, or doing a combination of all of those things in various forms, uh, right through to where I am now in my mid sixties. Mid sixties, yep. <laughs> yes, and and the uh, like most athletes, I completely ran myself into the dirt. Uh, I peaked probably around about 28 years of age, mm -hmm. and then began the slow, inevitable decline, which is called ageing. Um, despite all of my training in subjects like exercise physiology, you know, um, sports medicine, nutrition, uh, the decline was uh, inexorable. Yep. There was nothing I could do about it. And by the time I was in my 40s, you could say that my athletic career was completely done and dusted. In fact, you could say that I was the feather duster that was uh, doing the dusting. Wow. And, uh, yes, uh, yes, I was completely burned out. I was starting to develop heart problems. I was consulting a cardiologist uh, for atrial fibrillation. And uh, I was down to a uh, basically a brisk walk, which was uh, rather upsetting. Yeah. And uh, in fact, I must uh, confess that I had a cry when I turned 50 because I felt so terrible. Uh, my goal had always been to live to 100 years of age because we have longevity in our family. Uh, but I was thinking at 50, if this is how I feel, what am I going to be like when I'm 100? In fact, I wasn't going to enjoy it. Uh, I reached the point where I couldn't even go to work, and in fact, on my 50th birthday, I left uh, uh, my business, uh, gave it basically away to an employee, wow. and went home to look after the children while my partner, Alofa, went to work. 
and uh, and that's when I uh, started to have some epiphanies. Uh, I was introduced to the interclinical laboratories here, tissue mineral analysis. Uh, just by chance, I took a look at the test very skeptically, started doing it on myself and my family, and started to think, oh, huh, uh, there's a few interesting things here. Yeah. My health began to improve. When I turned 60, I had such a, an amazing party, I must confess. So I got that I fell over. <laughs> I couldn't get up the path. I felt so great. Fantastic. Such a contrast 10 years ago. So, so you basically turned your life so, around for that uh, Yes, the hair tissue analysis was the big breakthrough for me. Along with um, uh, questioning many of the things which I had been taught at university. So what was your qualification, just to give people a background like before we got I can hear you. Just a minute, I'm sorry. I'll turn mine off as well. So we had a bit of a glitch there in the uh, sound, but I think you're back with us now, are you, Gary? Yes, that's yeah. correct. So you were talking to us at this, this turnaround point in your life. So what was your qualification before you, you know, you were doing, you had a rehabilitation centre for athletes, I believe? Yes, that's correct. Uh, for athletes and the, the general public, uh, uh, people recovering from uh, conditions like uh, cancer, 90% uh, of our income was through accident compensation, return right. to work programs, that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, so in a lot of ways, I found that uh, frustrating because... Uh, as time went on, I felt like we were just ticking the boxes and not doing uh, true rehabilitation. Uh, so uh, yeah. uh, where I am nowadays, I work independently of anybody else. I feel that I'm uh, not answerable to anybody other than the person who comes through the door and puts their money down. So it's clients uh, so first it's, rather than insurers or ACC yes. or any yeah. other big pharmaceutical yes. um, is that the way it is with doctors you know if we could just have a brief discourse on um, the state of the medical profession and you know, why are we being prescribed so many pharmaceuticals nowadays well uh, first of all I, uh, I would say every doctor you meet is dedicated and um, and they are, they are in themselves wonderful people. However, I think that what is wrong is the paradigm within which they are required to work. Uh, a, a doctor uh, works within a paradigm which, when dealing with chronic disease as opposed to accidents, and I think we need to be we need yeah. to distinguish between emergency medicine and the medicine that applies to the ailments associated with lifestyle stress, Crying. aging, and poor nutrition or nutritional imbalances, and, and exposure to things like uh, environmental toxins, you know, chemicals, that sort of thing. Uh, the medical model for those is, I think, uh, the wrong one. Uh, it's a very um, masculine um, approach as opposed to the nurturing approach that we should be applying. Uh, you cannot beat somebody into good health. Uh, you have to nurture them. Yep. And uh, that's the big difference. 
Um, so uh, so the, the model that applies to emergency medicine simply does not work for dealing with chronic disease or lifestyle or ageing type uh, conditions. So all the big ones like diabetes, heart disease, uh, thyroid, immune, um, yeah. autoimmune diseases, all of these things are not being managed as well as they could be. Um, uh, hopelessly yeah. um, mismanaged in my view. Yeah. Um, you see, the, the, the medications for every one of those that you just uh, rattled off yep. are essentially dealing with symptoms. They're, they're simply, uh, they, they may be necessary to, in an emergency to buy a little bit of time, uh, but in the end, the solution is in lifestyle, it's in stress management, it's in nutrition. Uh, there are no drugs to cure diabetes, for example. There are no drugs to cure nervous disorders. There are no drugs to cure heart disease. All that happens is they suppress the symptoms. And in a lot of ways, that's nuts. So they're not getting to the root cause behind these it's, problems. Yes, and you've got to burrow uh, deep into a person's physiology and, uh, and uh, as I said, take a nurturing approach. Uh, your body has an innate desire to move towards a state of good health and to stay that way. Uh, all that we should be doing as health professionals is helping to nudge the body, uh, provide the tools that allows the body to do what it desires to do. Yeah. And that's the approach I take. And I'll tell you what, Lisa... Yep. It works. It absolutely works. <laughs> and you've seen it on yourself and thousands of other patients absolutely. that have come to you. And, and I myself am one. Um, and I don't mind sharing with the listeners. I've been on a journey for the last, well, a couple of years now, really. But um, the last seven or eight months, quite dramatically with, um, I've got fibroids and adenomyosis in the uh, uterus and this is causing major havoc and, and, and out of desperation. And uh, I, I went to Gary and we've had a health and tissue analysis and uh, we're working through the situation that I've managed to get myself into. And if I look at my situation, I was on the birth control pill for my entire adult life, basically. Um, I'm, you know, been an extreme athlete and obviously done some pretty terrible things to my body <laughs> if, if we're honest like you I burnt, burnt myself out and Gary has been doing the, the hair and tissue and, and, and working through and we're not we're not through my problems yet we'll, we'll have to have another Skype in six months time when we're through this drama won't we Gary yes. but the approach that Gary has taken makes sense to me where the modern medicine is saying chop it out chop the offending organ out and be done with it and you know I'm fighting to not go down that route whether I will have to in the end because I've left it too late is, is yet to be seen um, but if someone had told me earlier the like for example Gary give us a rundown on the birth control pill well uh, in my opinion uh, the contraceptive pill is the largest uncontrolled experiment ever um, had on the human race. Mm. Uh, 
literally half the world's population that have um, been uh, participants in this study. Uh, well, it's not even a study. It's no. just a, an, an outright experiment. Yep. And the, I actually think the consequences are intergenerational and in that uh, it's not necessarily what uh, you have done in your lifetime, Lisa, but possibly your mother and her grandmother and her mother. Mm -hmm. And uh, these things tend to be amplified, or the negative effects tend to be amplified as you move through the generations. That's like and, the DES, for example, wasn't it? The, um, the drug that they put women on back in the 40s and 50s or whenever it was. And the women of today are having breast cancer or they're having yes. effects from that uh, experimentation yes. basically done. And that, I mean, that's a known Well, fact. I've got um, hair tissue analyses here where I've tested um, like mothers and daughters. Yes. And you can see the, uh, the way that uh, certain uh, patterns, measures of health are magnified uh, as you move from the, the mother through to uh, her offspring. Mm. Um, and what confirms that for me is uh, you don't see the same pattern so much with uh, the father's side. Yep. So now the reason for that is, it's, you see, if, it, if, it was, if these things were, or family trends were entirely genetic, you would see uh, a significant contribution by the father to the patterns that we see in the, uh, the hair tissue mineral analysis. Uh, I don't see that pattern at all. What, but what you do see is you see a very strong pattern coming from the mother, the mother's side, and the mother's mother. And uh, uh, that is because the, the child spends um, uh, that time gestating inside the mother's womb, and when he or she pops out, they are literally a carbon copy in terms of their um, uh, nutrient makeup, their hormones, uh, as, as with the mother. And yep. then as time goes by, uh, the child develops its own uh, unique makeup. What you do see is that even 20, 30 years later, you can tell the mother and the daughter by having similar patterns. But what tends to be the case is that the daughter's uh, patterns tend to be more pronounced than the mother. Yep. So it's getting it's worse than It's getting worse. Yeah. And so if you look uh, at, like, you know, like take the birth control pill. Um, yeah. What sort of things, uh, and this is not just me and Gary talking here, um, there's quite a number of books being written on about this recently. Um, the side effects of the birth control pill, um, you know, things like autoimmune, thyroid, leaky gut, Crohn's disease. Um, you, have you seen women, you know, like myself, who've come out the other end, tried to go off the pill, and all hell's broken loose? Uh, yes. Well, what, um, what what happens when you uh, 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 start playing around with a woman's hormones? is that uh, you can end up with, for example, the most common is estrogen dominance. Yes. And uh, estrogen, when it, it is high, it's essentially, uh, you could think of it as the nesting hormone. It uh, makes the woman tired. Mm -hmm. uh, she will tend to gain body fat. 
and her um, connective tissue will start to become fragile. Uh, preparation so for a baby. Then it's, yep. Yeah, preparation for birth. Now, if, uh, if that's, that's fine for when a woman's pregnant, but not all the time. Uh, so you get unwanted weight gain, you get um, fragility of tendons and ligaments, a tendency to bruise. Uh, these are not nice things. Um, the fragility of the connective tissue applies not just to your tendons and ligaments, but to the skin, so the skin tears easily. Think of scratch marks. Yes. Uh, think of also um, the fragility of the lining of your gut. Yep. So the gut becomes fragile, easily damaged. It's uh, it's just not desirable at all over the long term. There's an increased risk of uh, estrogen or hormone related cancers, such as breast cancer and ovarian cancer. Uh, so these things are just not desirable. Uh, what we really should be doing is trying to help the body balance her hormones or help a woman balance her hormones so that uh, she is healthy and vigorous and fertile when she needs to be and so on. Yep. It does give a real headache, uh, as, and it is a headache, and uh, with regards for um, uh, for contraception yeah and I don't have the answers for that Lisa no and, and there are reasons you know so if we're looking at um, estrogen dominance uh, in the females but there is also estrogen dominance amongst the male population what's going yes. on there well uh, yes so the same the same issues that we're talking about uh, uh, with uh, with women uh, also applies to men, and that if there is too much uh, circulating estrogen, the the delicate balance between uh, the sex hormones, uh, which uh, makes a man a man and a woman a woman, uh, can become uh, can become lost. So if a if there is a, an increase in estrogen in the male, then the balance between estrogen and testosterone. Is, um, uh, is not uh, sufficient for uh, a man to display that physique of muscularity, the, the broad shoulders and the narrow hips. And uh, that certainly is uh, a pattern that is very common nowadays. Uh, you see it all the time with these head tissue analyses. Yep, this estrogen uh, dominance is coming more yes, into the no, male. Yes. And, uh, and that certainly can be um, another one of the explanations as to why um, male fertility has declined by 50% in the last 50 years or so. Yeah, I've heard that on the uh, news the other day too. Yeah. yeah, now of course there's a whole lot of factors, but certainly um, we know that many of the chemicals in the environment uh, are estrogen mimickers. Um, uh, I would never feed a uh, a boy or a girl soy products if I could help it. Yep. Simply because uh, they, to a degree, mimic estrogen. Uh, likewise, estrogens and uh, a lot of chemicals, plastics, and so on. So drinking so we've got to be very careful. Yeah. So uh, we're we're surrounded now with xenoestrogens, aren't we? With our, yeah, from our carpets through to our curtains, through to our flame retardant mattresses, through to 
Uh, and so we, we're absorbing these xenoestrogens in our, in our body care products and all of these ways, and this is causing an imbalance in hormones as well. Um, yes, so, so when we're looking at these things, we need to, you know, we don't want to focus just on contraceptives. Uh, we need to focus on the entire um, uh, environment. We need to look at absolutely everything that might impact in even the tiniest way upon a human being and uh, do the best we can to minimise uh, the, these exposures or at least minimise their impact. And uh, in so doing, uh, we will get significant improvements of health, gradual but very significant improvements. So where are these estrogen? Uh, so you know the, the toxins that are that we're being exposed to. This is things like your pesticides, your herbicides, your your chicken that's got hormones put into it. Your um, so all of these things we're just being constantly bombarded with. Whereas fifty years ago that wasn't the case, and this is why we're seeing a decline in, in fertility rates among men and women. Well, I wouldn't be surprised, and uh, if you combine that with the, um, combine that with uh, the depletion of nutrients from our food, yes, uh, along with uh, uh, stress, stress yes. of all kinds. Uh, so uh, we're 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 get, getting hiding from uh, all kinds of angles, and it's a matter of trying to identify each one uh, that that might be impacting upon uh, a person. And that, that's really the secret to success. You see, um, I'll, I'll just, we're, we were just talking about why medicine is failing with these sorts of things. Uh, the other reason why medicine is failing us is because there is this belief that there is the cure, uh, that somebody's going to find something in a laboratory that's going to cure yep. this ailment or that ailment. Uh, there is no such thing. Uh, there's no one shot. Uh, there's no magic big hit. Yeah. Uh, uh, what we have to do is we have to look for the multitude of things that are impacting upon our health and and uh, try to uh, knock each one off um, uh, in a systematic way. So this is, yeah, uh, I mean, it's sensible, really, really, because we're complex organisms. You know? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and, and look, uh, you know, if you're a if you're a, if you're a gardener or a, a farmer, you understand these things. Uh, it's um, there's, you know, you, you can't. There's not one thing that's going to, you know, like produce the best crops in the world, or you know, the the healthiest animals that when they, you know, get the ribbon at the AMP fair or whatever. Mm. Um, it's it's a whole lot of things that come together. Yep. You know, um, and you know, you, you know, you even you sing to your plants, uh, you sing to your animals. You know, you play the nice music if you like. You know, um, you, it's not just um, giving them a shot of something and think that your job's done. You know, so it's a very uh, nurturing approach that needs to be taken. So when we have, you know, drugs given out for various ailments, often they have, you know, side effects. Um, and these cause other major issues. And, and when we, you know, like giving someone with Crohn's disease steroids or uh, giving someone with cholesterol problems, you know, I, I say problems, you know, because there's good yeah. cholesterol as well. And a lot of it really is inflammation in the body. But giving them statins, I mean, what is your take on things like statins, for example? Well, 
uh, well, I'd like somebody to name me a drug that doesn't have um, an unwanted side effect. Uh, mm. it's, I think that's, that's going to be a, a, a good challenge to put out there. Uh, um, often uh, what these uh, medications do, uh, first of all, uh, you're talking about treating symptoms uh, and, uh, and sometimes the wrong thing. You mentioned cholesterol. Uh, the, the whole cholesterol thing, I think, is one of the biggest, smelliest red herrings ever to be drawn across the path of health professionals yep. and the public alike. Uh, the issue uh, indicated the problem is not cholesterol, the problem is inflammation. Yep. Uh, and in fact, uh, most chronic diseases, you could say that inflammation is one of the key factors. Okay, But inflammation alone is not, or tackling inflammation uh, by way of, say, an anti-inflammatory or aspirin or something like that yep. is not the answer. You've also got to then try and figure out the root cause of the inflammation and deal with that. So you can see how you've got to burrow deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's as you burrow deeper and deeper, you get to you you you, you get to the, uh, the the root cause of the root cause, so to speak. Yep. Um, and drugs do not do that. Um, oh, by, by the way, uh, as I said, you know, talking about emergencies, if you've got a raging infection, then antibiotics are going to save your life. Right? Yeah. Um, there is a place for some medications, but again, it's in order to rescue a dire situation. Yeah, when someone's dying. If you suffer a heart attack, then think. God, you live nowadays. You can, you'll be rushed into hospital. You'll be given drugs. They will save your life. However, um, the, those drugs are not going to stop you from having your next heart attack. Or they might stop you from having a heart attack, but you'll probably end up dying from heart failure due to the side effects of the drugs. Yeah. So there's always... So, even if you do take something you've got to still go and do your homework and everybody wants a quick fix don't they and natural methods yes. and uh, you know integrated medicine and, and hair and tissue analysis and all these things they take time they take Lisa, yeah Lisa I spent a lifetime digging myself into a deep hole of exhaustion yeah me too <laughs> it took me 10 years of obsessive behavior to haul myself out of it. Um, I'm now in my mid-60s, and I'm having a ball. Yeah. I'm absolutely enjoying life. You're giving me the hope. The turnaround yeah. has been astonishing, but it was never an overnight process. Um, more often than not, I appear to be going nowhere. It's It requires enormous patience, and uh, not everybody is into that because... They have been conditioned to believe that there is a quick fix out there. Yeah. Now, uh, I'll make the, um, uh, the comparison. Um, becoming an Olympic champion is not easy. If it was easy, then we would all be Olympic champions. Mm. Uh, the process of obtaining or achieving perfect health is like your Olympic aspirations, and getting there is not going to be easy. Yep. It's going to take a lot of hard work, and and I don't want anybody to have any illusions that it's not going to be. 
So it's not easy. So you want to yeah. be able to work with people who have that attitude that, hey, yes. I'm in it for the long haul. This is going to cost. This is going to be effort. This is going to be time and some suffering. But to have the quick Band-Aid fix that you're otherwise yeah. going to be given is not going to lead anywhere except down further down that rabbit hole, and then you'll have to dig deeper or you'll die. Or, or you know, something dire will happen. Yes. So, yes, and and uh, that's that's what I love about my job now, and that the people who come and see me are largely uh, filtering themselves out. Yeah, they're, they're the ones who have decided that they've had enough, and that it's time for real change. Yeah, and they're prepared to take those steps, and not just to wait for the doctor to give them another pill, and hoping oh, yes. it will go uh, away. Yeah, yeah. Look, lying back, you know, on on a on a bed, passively saying, "Give me a shot, doc." Uh, is you know, I, I I'm just not into that. Yeah, it's a complete waste of time in the end. In the end, uh, you, the patient, do the healing. I don't heal anything. Okay, yeah, I don't do anything. I just I just give a helping hand. That's all. But the real work is done by you, the patient. So let's look look at this hair and tissue analysis because you know I, I want to get briefly on um, yeah. to the topic of, of athletes because I've got a lot of listeners who are athletes and who as a, as a coach I worry that many of them are burning themselves out which I have done which you have done which probably your sister did. Um, what we all have. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's the way we are. We're obsessive. We're ambitious. We're A type personalities. We're disciplined. Um, what sort of the things, that, dangers do you see for athletes out there uh, who are just going hard out, maybe ultramarathon runners, but also uh, anything, bodybuilding, you name it, CrossFit, all these high-intensity sports, um, rugby players. What are some of the th issues that you're seeing presenting after their, you know, mid-30s, 40s? Well, um well, one of the things that, as a generalisation, is uh, the the decline from about 28, 29 years of age is uh, attributed, and many, and the aches and pains and the 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 joint issues, the the glandular problems, the thyroid issues, the adrenal issues, the heart problems, and that uh, people often uh, attribute this to just simply getting old. Yeah. Uh, I used to uh, consider that that was the, that's what I was taught. Now, uh, most of those the, those processes of, of slowing down, of aches and pains and so on, are actually controllable. They're not necessarily ageing per se. And that's what's uh, really exciting. Now, we are fed a lot of... Um, uh, misinformation about uh, about nutrition that you can gain all of your nutrients through your food. I can tell you that that is completely un untrue. That is a myth. That's my experience our too. Food, yeah, our food is so depleted nowadays that we simply cannot supply the trace nutrients, the essential nutrients. Uh, sure, there's plenty of calories in the food of today, but the nutrients that 
we need at the cellular level are simply not there in adequate amounts. So we're getting too much energy dense, nutrient poor nutrition, yep. processed foods exactly. um, yep. to the nth degree, yes. our soils are depleted. Yes, that's right. Um, yes, if, uh, yeah, if you look right across the board, uh, our food is depleted. The other thing, Lisa, is that many of the foods that provided us with those essential nutrients are now no longer consumed. So if, if you uh, think of uh, uh, when an animal was slaughtered, and I'm going back to uh, Kutaruru in the 1950s, nothing was wasted. Uh, so we would, uh, we would be fed by our mother uh, things like liver, kidney, um, brain, uh, black pudding, uh, ox tongue, oxtail, um, bone broth. Yucky things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yucky but nutrient rich. <laughs> yeah. They, um, we would have chicken once a year at Christmas. Uh, it, it was our Christmas dinner. We would have chicken. Uh, you know, um, so we had uh, all of our vegetables were growing at home. We didn't we didn't have a green grocer. We didn't have supermarkets back then. We grew, and it was uh, seasonal food growing in composted soil. Lovely. Yeah. Now that's all gone, and and if you look at like chicken or noodles, where's the nutrients? They're all being you know? processed out of them. Yeah, if you look at industrially produced wheat and corn, uh, you've got to ask, well, where's the trace nutrients uh, in the soil? The only thing that they're putting in the soil is what makes the plant grow, and that's not necessarily what a complex human being requires in order to remain healthy for decades. So our food is depleted, and um, now the other thing is, is we assume that everybody needs the same things. So... If somebody says, Lisa, you need to take lots of vitamin C, who says? Mm. Okay. Who says that you need to take more uh, magnesium or that you need calcium for strong bones? Uh, yes, you might, but the person next to you might not. Uh, we're all the same in some regards, but at the same time, we're all very different. Yeah. We have very specific needs depending upon our stage of life, our genders, our activity, uh, what sort of diseases we've been exposed to, what sort of uh, uh, damage we've done to our bodies. Uh, there, there's so many things that come in that, that we must, must take into account in order to fine-tune our uh, nutritional intake. You can't have a one-size-fits-all nutrition plan. Uh, just because somebody is a triathlete doesn't mean that they need to have loads of carbohydrates or this or that. It just does not apply. And, yes. So sorry for that interruption, people. We're having some technical issues today, but why you go again, Gary? Yes. One of, one of the um, most exciting things is that we can now burrow deep into a body's, uh, into a person's physiology. We can look deep inside and determine whether or not you need this nutrient or that nutrient. So this is on a cellular and, level. Yes, and it's it's and and we can even look at how various organs are functioning, and what we can do from a nutritional point of view to support that organ. 
it's really exciting. It takes so much of the guesswork out of nutrition. It helps us to get to the very heart of what is health promotion. So you're able to individualise yes. this for people. So they do a hair and tissue analysis or a saliva yes. testing as well if you're into stress yes. testing. And there you get the results that you're able then to interpret after years and years of study. Uh, yes, and, and um, Lisa, there are, there are a, a whole variety of tests that can be done. I generally will do only three tests. One is the hair tissue mineral analysis. That, to me, is the most useful one. Mm -hmm. uh, the other test, there are two other tests. One is the saliva cortisol DHEA yep. test. That is also very useful. And the other is a blood test for measuring the antibodies to about 100 different foods and food groups. Ah. Uh, test for food allergies. Right. Now, uh, so I usually will start with the hair tissue analysis. And depending upon the, the person's history, what their complaints are, for example, if they are having digestive issues or if they know certain foods really do not sit well with them, then we may do the food allergy test. Uh, if they are having issues with things like anxiety and depression or thyroid issues or um, uh, weight gain, that sort of thing, we may do the DHEA cortisol test. Um, if somebody is a serious athlete, we would probably do all three. Yep. As a matter of course. But Lisa, you don't have to do a huge number of tests. It really comes down to just one or two and the experience of the practitioner, the person who's interpreting it. Because they're not that simple just to look at and go, well, copper's up and cadmium's no. down and no. mercury's up. It's, it's, it's a lot about the ratios between things as well. Lisa, it's taken me 10 years to get my head around uh, the hair tissue mineral analysis. Yeah, it's uh, a complex... I've, I've done thousands of them, and it's only after having done my thousandth one that it's starting to make real sense. The The other thing is to have the tools to then intervene, and uh, that's the other thing that has been so exciting is the development of high-powered nutraceuticals. Yeah. And uh, what we're talking about is food that... Uh, has a, a real influence on a person's health, even at the genetic level. Um, there are food substances that talk to your genes. It's really exciting. The, the first thing, though, is to do the right testing uh, so that you take out as much of the guessing as possible. Yep. And then the results, the results can be exciting, absolutely thrilling. I, this is why I love what I do for a job. Well, you're turning people's lives around, really, aren't you? Yeah. Giving people who have no other options or some very poor options, like myself, another yeah. chance at the bite at the cherry to get things back on track, to get things or, right. Yes. Or what if you're training for the Olympics. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, um, and for you, uh, regaining your health might be your personal Olympics or, um, you know, winning the kayaking might be your might be your goal. Um, the same principles apply. Yeah, it's all about getting uh, 
the inner workings going at absolutely 110%. And it's just it's just good common sense to me to always look to the root cause instead of sticking band-aids on top of festering wounds and saying, well, you know, we've put a band-aid on it, it's going to be fine, you're not going to get any more dirt in it. Well, that's fine, but what about the, the crap that's in there and it's got to be gone yes. now, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and it is very hard nowadays to live with so much conflicting advice, um, you know, uh, I've experienced that just today as uh, Gary and I were talking, you know, You've got poles apart, opinions that are poles apart, and these are um, highly educated people on both sides of the fence saying two different things. And it is very hard for the consumer, for the the average person to, you know, sift through the, the, the what's rubbish and what isn't. Um, but I think you need to do your homework, go and see people like Gary. Gary, where can people get hold of you and um, how can they get a hair and tissue analysis done? Oh, um, it's very simple. Uh, all I have to do is go to Google and Google Gary Moller Hair Tissue Mineral Analysis or they can go a step further and they can Google Gary Moller and whatever health issue they might be interested in. And uh, the odds are that I've written some article that is yeah. now out there online that they can find. Yep. Yeah, and then they can find uh -huh. you at GaryMoller.com. Yeah. Um, and I highly recommend, because Gary has, you know, obviously, uh, you, you've you just come back from Andorra. Tell us a little bit yes. about that before we close off. Well, I'm on a mission to prove that I'm the fittest over 60-year-old in the world. And uh, I've chosen mountain biking because it tests uh, most of the uh, elements of health that decline as we get older, including the ability to bounce and heal. Yes, so it's my second attempt. Uh, this time uh, I had a couple of uh, administrative issues which had me at the back of the field, which is basically a death sentence in these races, but I managed to come second. Second uh, just in the 30, world. 30 seconds behind the winner. Huh. And uh, that was very exciting because I was the oldest one in the field. Yep. And... I'm going to go back next year and I'm going to win. That's, uh, that's the attitude. I've got presentation and saying that I'm going to win. Yeah. And it's a way of proving that what I do for a living actually works. Actually works. And this is from a 50-year-old who was burnt out, broken, and disillusioned with everything, and now yes. at 65, stronger than ever. And healthy. Well, 64, Lisa. 64. Get it right. Don't get. Oh, don't add another year on. We won't do that. But yeah. that, that does give hope. And I think uh, for burnt out athletes out there, and there are dozens, <laughs> um, or, or people who think that you know life might be behind them because they've reached the big four zero or something silly, uh, what would be your message? Uh, get hold of me. <laughs> yeah, get, get hold of me. Just get just. Uh, Go to GaryMoller.com and uh, uh, or drop me an email. Uh, just uh, ask ask me uh, what is the best action. I'll uh, ask you a couple of questions and then I'll give you some initial advice so that you don't waste your time and money. Yeah, and that's what I love about you too. You always keep but, keep an eye on the budget because obviously all this uh, testing yes. and supplements is is, is expensive.